I know, I know it's Tyler. There is one saving grace. My wife is with him up there, so parents, it might be okay. A couple of things I'd ask that you pray for. Um, two things on, on this. Pray that we can get this building paid for so that we can start working on a sanctuary and getting an educational hall built and for classrooms and uh, so that the day will come where we can use this for our junior church facility and, uh, and be a gym for actually what it is. So we could do it as a gym, a fellowship hall, and, and uh, just continue to uh, reach our community. And, you know, I, I appreciate you guys putting up with me, too, and my shenanigans and rants and stuff at times. But, you know, one, one of the things when, when I'm dead and gone, I do pray that, that um, this community will know <clears throat> that there's someone that truly does care and, and wants them to know that Christ is the best. And uh, our kids need to know that. And, so do our adults, and, and uh, <clears throat> I just did a really hard funeral yesterday, <clears throat> and uh, my heart just goes out to the young people. I'm not gifted with them. <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not gifted with, with little kids at all. Uh, I, when they're old enough to hunt, shoot a gun on their own, then they're about the right size. You know, I can handle them then, but uh, my heart does go out to our kids, though. I might not be gifted with them, but, but I do love our kids and, and love our families that are in this church and uh, our community. And uh, <clears throat> so we just need to do what we can to protect our kids and, and give them an environment here where, first of all, they're always going to hear the truth. I always want them to know the truth, and, and the truth is in God's Word. That, that is the truth. There, there are times where I, I may tell you something, don't mean to, but find out it's not truth. And there, there are times where, where we know in this world the, the truth is not uh, what it is and what it seems to be, but the Word of God is always the truth, and I always want you guys to know that, and, and so... As I, as I preach and teach the Word, I, I want you to know that I'm doing the best of my ability to preach and teach the truth. What you do with it is up to you. And oh, how I want us all to apply the truth and, and take the truth to, uh, into our lives and watch God use it and, and change us. And so I always ask that, you know, I, I pray that God, God gives us a strong, faithful church body. And the, the strength of our body is going to be based on our faith and our families. And if our families are weak, then faith is weak and our church is going to be weak. And Satan knows that. He's after our families all the time. And, and uh, <clears throat> we just need to, uh, we need to guard that. And so I am thankful. I'm, I'm thankful for our, for our church family. I, I'm thankful for the community that that uh, we've been able to raise our kids in and and you know as that song I'm I'm thankful for God's grace but 
hey, I'm thankful for all the things too. Not only God's grace and His mercy and His salvation, but I'm thankful for the stars that you can see out here. I mean, you, you go to Missouri and sometimes you can go three weeks there and never see the sun. You know, just gray and, and dreary and, you know, and, and, and I'm thankful for 300 and some days of sunshine that we have here. I'm thankful for the gorgeous sunsets that we see and, and on those odd days when I'm up early enough to watch the sun come up, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, you know, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a great place to raise our children and, and it's a great place to live and to, to be a part of this community and you know, I was thinking about our theme, and I'll share more of this uh, later, but you know, our theme this year is that all the earth may know that there is a God. Now, as we went into this theme this past year, we're asking God, Lord, give us those opportunities to, to share the gospel with as many as we can, and, and you know, God's ways are not our ways, and, and we think of all these grand schemes of how we're going to give it, and and give out the gospel. I didn't know that God was going to use about 20 funerals to do that. You know, this year has been a record pace for me as a pastor in the number of funerals that I've conducted. And, and our church has done, I think, 10 or 11 or 12. I, don't, I lost count of how many we've done uh, in our building this year. And you, you think about, uh, it, it's, it's over 1,000 people that, more than that, probably, yesterday, I don't know what, what that sail barn holds, but that place was standing room only yesterday. Um, you know, we've well over 1,000, maybe 2,000 people that just in funerals that we've been able to give the gospel to. And, and I'm thankful that, that God has given us that opportunity, even, even if it is at a funeral. And, but not only that, but you, you look at how many... How many kids that we minister to on, on Quam on a Tuesday night? We have 60-some, I think, kids in wrestling. We had two of those young men trust Christ on Thursday. And uh, nothing better than, than that. And, and we just thank God for, for what He's doing through the ministries that we have. But, you know, I, I didn't think I'd be saying this already, but we need more room. We, we need to... And, and, and so, firstly, pray that, that God would help us to pay this off. And then secondly, I ask that you pray, Lord, how is it that you want me to help? How is it that I'm to be involved in this? Not only in your giving of your money, but giving of your time and, and, and uh, uh, just living a life that, Lord, I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do. And I'm going to trust you to take care of that. I just want to be obedient to you and let God use you, and, and you're going to see God do some amazing things. And, you know, it comes out of and, and stems from what we've been looking at this whole month of November is thankfulness. And we, we know that it's an action of the heart. We saw that. We know that it's a direction of the heart that we have too, but it's also an attitude that we ought to have, an, an attitude of the heart. And, and I know that our or, you know, there's our, some coaches that are in here, and, and, and it may not always be the, the best player that wins the game, but it's the team that has the best attitude, and working together, and, and being what they need to be, and, and having the right kind of attitude, whether, whether you win or lose, it's about playing it hard, and, and giving everything that you have, and, 
and, and giving it all to, 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 to the team and, and being what it is that, that, you want it, uh, that, that you want to see in the success of that. And, and while it's that way in our Christian walk too, it's a, to, to be thankful and, and to win out and allow thankfulness to win out in our lives, it has to be an attitude of the heart. And so with that attitude, we have to guard against the things that are going to creep in and, and uh, uh, not allow that to happen. And, and all the world is constantly trying to get us to where we're not uh, uh, happy and that we're not thankful. And, and go back and read, and there were a lot of issues that, that Israel had during the Exodus, but one of the major problems that Israel had was their murmuring. God did not care for their murmuring. He didn't like them complaining and griping about the things that they had. And, and over and over we see that they were judged because of that. And, and so Satan is going to do what he can and, and represent the world in a way that we, we can't be thankful for what we have. And, and it's just opposite of what God shows us that we ought to be thankful and, and have, a, have an attitude of thankfulness every day. And even with the battles that come and that are challenging us in, in our society, that we can still be thankful for what we have and, and what God is doing. And, and uh, truly, we, we ought to have that attitude of the heart that's one of thankfulness. It's fun to be around someone that's thankful. It's fun to, and it's encouraging to be around one that reminds us of the good things that that we have and and to and and really to reprove us or even rebuke us when when we start losing focus of that and and it's good to be reminded of those things that that we have and you know I mentioned it once but I I, I am thankful that that we homeschooled I'm thankful that I was able to watch my kids grow up I'm thankful that we had a church body that that uh, uh, watched our kids grow up and, and allowed me that time to spend with them and, and, and uh, enjoy that. I, I am thankful for that. And, and guys, you, you, you just, all of us, we need to, to stay focused on what it is that, that is a priority in our lives. And, and, it, and it is our, it's our walk with God and it's our family. And we need to stay focused on that. And, and if we have a thankful heart, then it's going to produce certain things. And Quickly, I know I have to hurry, and I will. You're going to be thankful because I am going to hurry, and we are going to be done on time. Whatever on time is. Maybe we should vote and designate what is on time, right? <clears throat> anyway, an attitude of the heart and, and a thankful heart is going to produce, first of all, generous giving. Look over in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, and here we, just a quick explanation, Paul had, had been traveling through the churches in Macedonia and Asia and in that area, and the church in Jerusalem was really struggling, and, and they were being persecuted, and most of them had lost their jobs, they'd lost their homes, they they'd lost their businesses, whatever it is that they had, they were being persecuted severely for their faith and trust in Christ, and, and so they didn't have much, and so Paul was visiting all of these other churches, and he was taking up a love offering to take that offering and give that to the believers to help them with whatever it was that they had, pay their bills, to, to give them money to sustain them and, and to help them and, and, and to encourage them along the way. And, and so Paul was writing this letter to the 
the Corinthians and telling them, hey, I'm going to be coming and, and, and I'm going to be picking up an offering and, and I want you to be giving as, as God lays on your heart. And, and this is what he's telling them. And he says, and he gives them a warning here also, the principles in verse 6, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And, and you know, I, I was thinking of this, and, and in this context, yes, it is dealing with our finances. We, 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 we have such a, a warped idea and a warped view of, of, of our money and our finances that we have, and and we need to be willing and open that if God lays on your heart to use your finances for something that, that is in His work, then there shouldn't be any questions or any options. You just give whatever it is that God's laying on your heart. We ought to be willing and, and to do those kinds of things and open to, to do that and, and because they're God's anyway. And, and, and here we see that one that, that is a, a miser with that and, and tight-wadded with that and, and thinks that that, that his is nest egg and, and that's where he's getting his comfort and that's where he's finding his peace and his security. Look, it can be gone tomorrow. And oh, how careful we need to be. And, and here he's saying that those that, that, that uh, uh, sow sparingly are going to reap sparingly. But it goes further than that. I was at a funeral yesterday for a 24-year-old boy that had, had obviously given his life to help a lot of people because there was a lot of people there. And he was willing, and I heard that he was willing to step out and help whoever needed help. And, and he'd go help them, and, and, and it wasn't a big deal. He'd just go out, and he'd help people. And, and the place was packed because of that, because you could see that the, that young man had, had stepped out and done those things. And, but look, I, I have done funerals where there have been four people there. Now, don't tell me that that person had spent his whole life or her whole life in helping others, selfish, and had done nothing to impact others around, including much of the family. And I find that to be sad. But it is a principle. It is a principle that God teaches. And look, this world, the time that we have here is pretty short. Actually, it's very short. And don't, don't spend your time on things that, that are such a waste. And so here, because... The one that sows sparingly will reap sparingly. But then it goes on and, and we see the purpose. We have to have a purpose in our heart and our mind. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. And so now that, that purposeth is a present tense, something that you always need to be working on. You always need to be doing this every day. And it, and it has the idea that you purpose, you are committing yourself. You are determining and deciding and making up one's mind that, hey, this is what we are going to do. And we're going to do that. My wife and I, years and years ago, when we first got married, we purposed in our hearts, in our marriage, that God would come first in, in our giving. Not just financially, but God, whatever it is that you want us to do, this is what we're going to do. First and foremost, we need to do this. And and with our finances, first thing, that first check that goes out the first of the month is what we give to God. We, we want Him to have it. We want Him to have the best. We don't want Him to have the leftovers. We never want Him to think that all we're doing is giving Him a tip. We want to give Him something that truly matters and that 
that can make a difference in our lives and, and make a difference in the ministry and sharing the gospel and, and getting that out. And, and, and every year we try to challenge ourselves to do more and more and more in, in giving what it is that God would want us to give. And, and because the one that's so, in here, you need to purpose it in your heart. And, and not only that, but purpose it in your heart and, and do not give grudgingly. That, that would be with grief and sorrow. And, and as, as, the, as God's laying it on your heart, and fine, God, I'll give it. And I ain't happy about it. Well, you just wasted your blessings. And so, and, and, and people, you know, preachers always get challenged. People get convicted, so they like to pick on the preacher. But I, I, I want you to know that, that I'm not like the car salesman that sold me a car. Yes, I did buy a new truck yesterday. Thank you very much. Uh, it's not new, but it is fast enough to get me a ticket, Dusty. So it's a red and black one. So I'm very thankful for that. But I'm not like the salesmen that get a commission. I, I don't do that as your pastor, okay? My, 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 my salary is not based on, on a percentage of your giving, Okay. And so don't, so don't think that. If you ever want to know what I get paid, ask me. I'd be happy to tell. Praise the Lord. And, and you guys do well, and God blesses you because of your generosity. And, and you don't do it grudgingly. But those that do it grudgingly, and, and, and you're not purposing in your heart to, to do the right thing, it's the wrong attitude that we ought to have. Whatever it is, God, whether it's my time, whether it's my talent, whether it's the treasure that I have, Whatever it is, God, it's yours. However way you want me to use it, I want to use it for you. I want to use it for your glory. And, and I purpose this, and I'm not going to give it grudgingly, and, and I'm not going to give it out of necessity. There are those that, that give because they feel like they're pressured, and they feel like it's out of an obligation. And the only obligation is, God, I love you, and I want to give this because that's what you want me to do. And we do it. And we do it. And here... He was telling them and encouraging them, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Oh, when, when, we, have a, when, when we have a church body that we, we sometimes have to have a meeting, say, hey, we need to pull back in all these things that we're doing or, or giving. Or, you know, there, look, there, there have been times when, when the, the church has talked to me about a, a raise, and I'm saying, look, I'm good. You guys need to pull back and let's use this somewhere else because and praise the Lord for a generous attitude like that. Not, not for me, in spite of me, but because that is what you need to do. And it's that way that, that we ought to be giving and, and giving of ourselves. And you know, there ought to come a time where, where really, there ought to come a time where the bus drivers on, on Quam Night ought to be able to rotate where we have so many people that volunteer to... to and look, if you're going to get that CDL, you really need to get the CDL soon because they're getting ready to pass a bunch of new laws and going to make it even more difficult to get the CDL. And so if you, yeah, but we ought to have people willing to say, hey, I'll drive the bus. You get your CDL and you drive where people can rotate and, and, and the helpers and, and whether it be quam or, or wrestling or whatever it is that, you know, when, when we finally have this a gym, I don't know if you realize this or not, but we are going to put up basketball goals, praise the Lord, so we don't have to just put up with the wrestlers all the time and, and, and we're, we're going to have the, we have the, mar it's all painted on the lines where we, we, we're going to be able to drill the holes and put up a volleyball net where we can, 
Look, we could do the same thing with girls' volleyball. We could do the same thing with boys' basketball. We can do the same thing, go out and, 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 and build a, a baseball field and teach kids how to play baseball. We, can, we get big enough where our own kids can do their own flag footballs. We can do our own baseball in the summer. We can teach these kids how to enjoy sports, but enjoy it in a way where they give their talents and their gifts to God and use it for His honor and for His glory so that they're not the Neanderthals that are beating on their chest and saying how good they are and, and how we need to worship them, but rather they're the ones that are humble and, 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 and giving the honor and the glory to God and they're, they're learning how to become men of God and women of God and, and serve the Lord. And, and, and we look, and you know what that comes from? That comes from all of us as a body of believers saying, God, this is what is important is giving my life to you and living for you. And, and I don't want to do it grudgingly. I don't want to do it out of necessity, but I want to do it because I love you. And you love a cheerful giver. And then we see the promise that he gives us and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Every grace, every exceptional favor produced by generosity, God will give to you. How much of that will he give to you? All of it. Can he meet your needs? Absolutely. God, if I do this, but I don't know how many times, especially, it was a lesson learned, especially in, in Bible college. My wife and I lived on peanuts. And, and peanuts is, is just a, 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 you know, not actual peanuts. You know, I would probably die, except we were in North Carolina and I had boiled peanuts. Anybody here had boiled peanuts? They're called boiled peanuts, not boiled. They're boiled peanuts. So, and you put those in Coke, Coca-Cola. <laughs> They're really good. But anyway, but you know what? God, so often, we're like, Lord, we need tires. And, and we need them pretty bad. And we have this money saved up and it was a gift here or a gift there. Or I preached somewhere and got a little extra money on a Sunday or something. And, and then the, that, that terrible preacher on a Sunday would preach on something. And, and like, you know, we have a real need here. And it's like God pricks your heart and says, hey, you have that. You need to give that. And you're like, you know, you're like, really? You know, or it could be even a little more carnal than that. In today's society, for me, maybe it's not so much... I need the tires. Look, they can wait because I need the new Sig Sauer. I really need that. And if you don't know what that is, it, it's, it's a gift from God. And so, but, but you have this real battle. And, but you know what you do is, is you do what God lays on your heart and you find out that the joy that he gives you is a grace that he gives to you and a peace and a comfort that only God can give. And it is a promise as it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both ministereth bread for your food. And so here's the promise. So here he is. He's the one that's going to give it to you in the first place. And then you take what it is that he's given you and you share it and you give it out. And, and the one that's given it to you, you're giving it out to others. And, and then guess what? He gives you the he provides bread for your food and, and He multiplies your seed sown and He increases the fruit of your righteousness. I mean, He does all of that. We, we live in such a stinking selfish society today. 
I, I, I just I find it amazing that 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 the stinginess of of people today, and let us never be accused of that with God's money, and 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 we don't have to be unwise with it, but let us never be stingy with it. I've seen churches blow up and fall apart because they fall in love with their savings account or 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 some little nest egg, and and look, it's not doing anything by just sitting in the bank somewhere, invested in people, invested in the ministry, invested in the gospel, and and invested in the things that we ought to be doing, and you will see that God will always meet our needs. Always. Always. Not only as a church, but as a body of believers and in your own home and and being enriched in everything to all bountifulness which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. When you give of that, and you have that attitude, okay, God, I want to be a, I want to be a generous giver. With I want to help somebody if they need help, I'm going to go help them. If if there's something that that I can do at, at the church and my talents, I want to do it. Not not for the church. I want to do it for you. If there if there's something that I need to give to and 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 Lord, it's to you. I just want to give it to you and whatever it is. And and I trust you that that you're going to take care of those things. And do you not realize? He said in the scripture. David made the statement, I have never seen God's people begging for bread. God can provide manna in, in a way that you never thought of. God can bring the quail. He can, he can do, He can bring the water out of the rock. Whatever it is, God can do that. And we need to trust Him and live for Him and give that all to Him. And when we do that, it gives us such an attitude when we're doing this generous giving and it's producing that from an attitude of thankfulness. Thankfulness. Oh, how we ought to be thankful. Look over at Ephesians chapter 5. I'm just going to read these next two mainly, but not only does it produce generous giving, but it produces a genuine conduct. When, when we are, are thankful for God and what He's done and who He is, and, and He helps us to, 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 He gives us a new heart. He gives us a new direction and, and shows us how we ought to live differently than, than the rest of the world. And look, those people that are pushing these, these agendas that we have that are going into our schools and the agendas that are being pushed into politics everywhere that we go and, 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 we have all of this. Those, those people can say what they want, but they are not happy. If they were happy in what they were doing, they would go ahead and do what it is that they were doing, and they would leave the rest of us alone. Now, they're not happy because we tell them that it's wrong and it's not right. And they're not going to have true happiness until they do it the way God wants them to do it. But it also produces a genuine conduct in our lives. Look at Ephesians 5.1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. That is a command. If you know Christ as your Savior, then you need to be a follower of God. That word follower has the idea that you are an imitator of God. You need to imitate God. And, and, and so start praying, Lord, help me see people as you see them. Help me, Lord, to treat people as you would treat them. Look, I disagree with this immoral behavior, but we still need to love the sinner. And we need to be, and we love them by telling them that you're wrong in what you're doing. And you need to repent of these things and get it right and truly experience the joy and the happiness that God can give you. But we need to be an imitator of God as dear children and walk in love. That's another imperative command. We do need to learn to love one another far better than we do today. 
We have squabbles in our churches that, that split a church and split families and, and cause division over stupid and silly things that don't matter because we truly don't love each other the way that we ought to. And so we need to walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Oh, how we need to start looking at others and how we can help others rather than looking at ourselves. Let us not worry about ourselves, but let us be concerned about others and how we can impact and help them in their lives. And that brings about a sweet-smelling savor. But we got to get rid of some of this junk in our lives. But fornication and all uncleanness, yeah, that goes along with just what we just heard. You know, fornication covers a lot of things. Our society wants to say it's just one act, but uh, it, it fornication is the word that we get pornography from. Do you, do you know there's a study that if we were to do a, a real-life test in here, somewhere close to 70% of the men sitting in here today look at pornography. 70%. So don't look at me and try to look innocent. That's not what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Look to God transparently. Say, God, it's wrong. And I need it out of my life. And today is the day that it's gone. And I want you by your power to walk in your spirit with your power, your guidance, your wisdom. And I want it out of my life. You know, our kids today, I, I can't imagine what our kids have to see today. I I. I I don't have to imagine what we can see today. It's everywhere we go. You know, I, I, anyway, I, I can't stop, okay? i got to keep going. But get it out of your life and all uncleanness. And, and uncleanness is all of that impurity, immorality, the, the filth and the moral depravity of, of today and, and the covetousness. And that's wanting something, you know, the, the greed, the avarice, the, the being insatiable about uh, things that you want and brings about lust and let it not be once named among you as become a saint. Stop. Stop letting it be named. Stop letting this be a part of our church family. How in the world can we ever have an attitude of the heart uh, of thankfulness when we have this kind of junk in our hearts and in our lives and in our minds? Oh, let us get it out of our get it out of our hearts and our lives. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting. Jesting is suggestive and risque speech. Look, if you're in the workplace and some guy walks up to you, some smooth-talking billy goat, <clears throat> and starts talking to you about your husband, get out of there. I was going to say smack him, but you'll probably lose your job. But it'd serve him right if he ate three of his molars. I'm serious. How many... I don't even want to ask how many people in here have been impacted because of that. Because of the risque speech and that junk that's going on in our, in our lives around us. Let us not be a body of believers that's dealing with that. Let us guard our marriage. You love your spouse till the day you die. One thing that your family ought to know whenever you go to the grave, whether you're the mom or the dad, that they know that you love them and that they know that you loved your mom or their mom or, or their dad and you did so till the day that you died. Let them know that. 
And so no foolish talking, jesting, which are not convenient. They're not proper, but rather giving of thanks. Giving of thanks. Tell your kids how thankful you are for them. Not that they're an inconvenience. Now, there were times where I had to take a little break, especially when I was left a potty train careth. There were times I had to take a break and walk in the other room and say, Lord, I'm not very thankful right now. She stinks to high heavens. And she's stubborn. And she ought to just sit in it for about an hour. <laughs> Anybody else been there? Yeah. Or you're going somewhere nice and you get out of the car. This was Thane. And you, and you get to the child's car seat and you unbuckle that contraption. I don't even know what they are today. I mean, I, you're going to have, you know, but you unbuckle it and you grab him and you're like, oh. it's all over you. You know, it's just not very thankful, is it? Yeah. I am thankful that as a grandpa, I can give him the grandma whenever that I just want to be thankful to have an in, uh, uh, an, an, is it an in-law? Yeah. I just want an in-law at some time. I, I want a, a daughter-in-law. Two of them would be really good. And a son-in-law who's, we'll work on that one. <laughs> but we ought to be thankful. We truly ought to be thankful for what God has done. Look, I, I know I say this all the time, and maybe you know it better than me, but when I go other places and, and go to church there, I am thankful for our church. I'm thankful for our church body. I am. I, every one of you, and, and, and those that aren't here today, thankful that, that we have such a great place and good people to come and, and, and hear, but, and, and to be challenged, be able to preach the Word and, and preach the hard things. For this you know, that, that and, and so we have the follower, we have the fraud, and Verses 3, 4, 5, and 6. For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath in any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Look, those people that are living this way and, and they continue to live that way, if they walk like a duck and they talk like a duck, then they are a duck. And so if you are going to live like an unsaved person, then most of the time you need to inspect your heart and have God inspect your heart because if you are enjoying these things and you are constantly living in these things, then you really need to trust Christ as your Savior. If you're doing these things and you are convicted and, and God is showing you that none of these things ought to be named in my life, and, and well, then get on your knees and repent of it and, and give it to God and, 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 and cast that burden upon Him and get up being cleansed of those things and walk the way that you ought to walk and have that attitude of thankfulness that he forgives us and, and then be not ye therefore partakers with them. A command. Stop. Stop it. If you are a saved person, stop acting like an unsaved person. Stop running with those that are doing that. Run with those that are doing the right thing. If you have a friend that comes to you and rebukes you for your behavior, don't get mad at them, but be thankful that they have enough character and love for you to tell you that you're wrong and to get it right. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the world. Walk as children of light, 
For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Uh, you see, he gives us a genuine conduct. And then Colossians 2, 6, and 7, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Third thing, he gives us a grounded faith. How does he give us a grounded faith? Because he walks with you. He walks with you. I, I read this this morning in, in my in my devotions on my phone, so some of you have the same app, so you probably got this one this morning. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. I will lift up mine eyes into the hills. From whence cometh my help? My, Lord, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. A grounded faith. God wants you to be grounded in what you know and you know is the truth and, and in your faith of not only knowing Christ as your Savior, but how you're walking and living in a way that is honoring and pleasing to God. Jesus Christ is walking with you, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. A thankful heart. Thankfulness comes from an attitude of the heart. Oh, what do we have to be thankful for? Every good thing cometh from above. Every good thing. Let us be thankful. Let us be thankful for all those things that God puts in our place and allows us to enjoy them and use them for his honor and his glory. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Truly thankful for your word. The truth. And I thank you for our Savior, for saving us. Thank you for that free salvation that's offered to those that haven't trusted you, that today they could and should. They call on you to be saved today. And thankful for the promises that you save us. Thank you for our church. Thank you for the families that are here. Thank you for our country that we live in. And even as we take this week and give thought to that, Lord, we are thankful. We're thankful for our families. We're thankful for our children. We're thankful for all that you do. Father, I pray that you will stir in the hearts today, and I am thankful that you do that. I'm thankful that you never quit on us, that you never give up on us, but that you're constantly there knocking on our heart, helping us as believers to be conformed more to your image. Lord, I pray that you'll search the hearts of each one today. Help us to make decisions that will be honoring and glorifying to you, and that, Lord, it will impact our lives and our families for eternity. Guide us and direct us in Jesus' name. Amen.